teaching today. Uh, let's open our Bibles today, please, to the book of John. The book of John, chapter 14. Beginning last week, we started to talk to you about where is God in my life. And that's what everybody wants to know. There are many people who look at God as some historical figure, and that He is. Uh, but there are other people that need a lot more than that. They need a living reality in their life. And uh, the disciples uh, here in John chapter 14 were, were listening to Jesus and not get His message. They had what we call selective hearing. You know what that is? Uh, they heard the things they wanted to hear. And they, uh, the other stuff just went right over their head. And Jesus was trying to loosen their grip on him because he was going to be leaving them very, very soon. And so he kept telling them in different, kind, different ways uh, what he was doing. In positive ways, he told them in negative ways, but they didn't get it. And I'd like to direct your attention uh, to John chapter verse 12. Uh, this is not very many hours before Jesus dies. Uh, some people believe only about 18 hours. This is his farewell address. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Uh, this is a particular two words there kind of trip up some people from time to time. Jesus is not talking about you doing anything greater than he can do because nobody can do that. Uh, he's not talking about uh, great works as far as quality is concerned because he is the epitome of quality. He's talking about greater works in respect to quantity. Uh, you know, when you read the Bible, Jesus' ministry was localized to one little piece of property that is very small. He never traveled very far. And, uh, but, he's saying here that when he goes away and sends his Holy Spirit into the world, the ministry of Christ is going to be proliferated around the world and uh, greater works will be done in his name more than ever before. Uh, look at verse 13. And whatever you ask in my name, and this is connected with our greater works right here. Uh, nobody can ever do anything of uh, substantial value for Christ unless they have a close relationship with Him. Uh, you know, you've tried to do it without the Lord. Have you launched out? You said, listen, I can do this thing, right? And you fell flat on your face. Well, the way that we stay in connection with God is through prayer. That's, you know, the Bible does say pray without ceasing. And that means hang out with God all the time. That's what it means. And he says, whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. He says, listen, if you want to be involved in the greater work, you need to learn to pray. And when you learn to pray, uh, you have to pray that your prayer will glorify the Father. This explains a lot of the results of our praying, doesn't it? We go to the Lord and we say, Lord, I need this and I need that. And by the way, how about this? And just throw this in as a bonus, Lord because I've been so good today. And, uh, and, and nothing happens. The heavens are brass. Nothing takes place. 
uh, when we fail to realize that what we're to pray for is glory to God, not us. Um, and we know that the Bible says that God will not share His glory with anybody. That means you and me. Uh, and so he says, listen, if you want to be, in, be involved in this worldwide work, quote, greater works, uh, you have to have a good relationship with me and you have to be in this for the right purpose. And the purpose is to bring glory to God. Uh, if, he says, if you ask anything, then in my name, I'll do it for you. If you love me, keep my commandments. Uh, keeping the commandments of the Lord are hard to do if you do it out of duty. Almost anything's hard to do if you do it out of duty. If you say, I know I have to do this and so therefore I'll do it, sometimes the, your energy just dissipates. But if you do it out of love, there is no end to the resources that you have. People do the greatest works out of the greatest motivation, and the greatest motivation to serve the Lord is because we love Him. Amen? Because we love Him. And uh, it's amazing. Uh, and you know, I've been here in the church a long time, and I've seen some of our senior citizens who have served the Lord for a long time, and they're, they're excited today about the Lord. They're not serving God because it's right to. They're serving God because they want to do it out of the right heart motive. He says, listen here, keep my commandments. If you love me, you will. And verse number 16, he says, I will pray to the Father. Now, we have all this praying going on. He says, when I go away, you've got to pray if you're going to be involved in the greater works that I have planned for you. And then, this is what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to pray to my Father, and He will give you another Helper, that He may abide with you for how long? Forever. The Lord is saying, listen, I'm going to pray to God the Father. We have God the Son praying to God the Father. And I'm going to, I'm going to pray that He will send you another Helper. Now, I mentioned this to you last week. In the original language, the word another there is the word alos, which means another of the same kind. And so you can write in the margin of your Bible, Jesus is saying that he's praying for another person to come to them like himself. Same quality. That's the Holy Spirit. There's another word that is used in the New Testament, heteros, and it means another of a different kind. That's not here. Uh, the word helper is in my uh, New King James, and I know that some of you have, have a different word. You have comforter, you have counselor, you have advocate. But I've chosen five verses, which we're not going to get through today, uh, that explain at least a little bit about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And it is the original term, platos. And that's what this word, helper, comforter, advocate, is originally translated from. Parakletos. Parakletos is a combination of two words. Para means decide. Kletos means to call. And so, whenever we come to this word, helper, comforter, counselor, the Lord says, I'm going to pray, Father, and... And he's going to send to you someone who has called alongside of you to help you. To call alongside. It's the same concept of, as paramedic, paralegal, paracletos. Uh, it's only used five times, that word in the New Testament. And this is the first time right here. Jesus says in verse 17, the Spirit of truth, that's the Holy Spirit, 
whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him or knows Him. You know, whenever we talk about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the world just kind of shuts off. Click. And here the Bible says is one of the reasons is they can't see Him. Now, in the world, people will say to you and me, they'll say, if you show me, I'll believe. But in God's economy, God says, if you believe, I'll what? Show you. Because everything is based on faith in God's economy. The Bible says in Hebrews 11:6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And faith is simply trusting in Him and His Word. Not we can see, but what we believe in our heart. And so, uh, he says here, the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be what? In you. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. Uh, the disciples were, they couldn't get it, that Jesus was going away. And Jesus said in negative terms and in positive terms, I'm going to be glorified, that's positive, isn't it? I'm going to my Father, that's positive. But he also said to him that he's going to the cross, and that's very negative. And so he kept trying to use all of these things, and they weren't getting it. But on Good Friday, when Jesus died on the cross, they asked this question, Where is God in my world? They thought that they had discovered God because Jesus claimed to be God. John Terry says, I and the Father are one. That means I'm God too. I'm God. And so they thought they discovered God, but uh, their dreams were going up in this torture that was taking place upon the cross. And so Jesus says, listen here, I'm going to tell you what you're going to be in for after I die upon the cross. I'm going to pray to the Father and He's going to give you the Helper, the Holy Spirit. This Helper has come into the world for us in answer to prayer, the prayer of Jesus. Uh, someone says, often says, you know, why should we pray? Well, one of the great reasons that we should pray is because Jesus did. When Jesus came to this earth, He was God, but He subordinated Himself to the Heavenly Father to set for you and me a divine example that the way we are to follow in his steps. And uh, John 5.30 says listen, this, listen to this. I do nothing without consulting my Father. And so therefore, if Jesus did nothing without consulting his Father, how much more do we need to do nothing without consulting our Father, his Father? And so that's why we pray. Here he uses the word he to describe the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the person, and he is permanent. He's not going away. He says, I'm sending him to you forever. I'm going to provide for you a forever relationship. I will not leave you as orphans. And he's going to indwell you. You know, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, he was announced to the world in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, as Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. That's it. God with us. Whenever... Now, Jesus here is introducing his successor on earth. 
Whenever Jesus came on the scene, he was introduced by... Who's the kid that introduced Jesus? His name is John the Baptist. I told you this before. There's a lady in our church. I baptized her in the Jordan River in Israel. She tells everybody because she was baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River. She's so proud of that. But I'm not the real John the Baptist. There was another one before me. Uh, But John the Baptist introduced Jesus. And he said, you know the verse, don't you? Behold the what? The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus was introduced by John the Baptist. Now, Jesus introduced his successor on earth, the Holy Spirit. And he says, listen, I want you to know what you're in for in the future. And he is the parakletos. He's the one that's coming to you alongside of you to help. Have you ever been involved in a project and you're sweating your brains out and and it's your way in over your head and somebody comes along and says, hey, listen, I'm here to help you. And I've done this before and I know how to do it. Boy, that feels good, doesn't it? Well, the Holy Spirit's been here before. He knows how to do it and he's here to help us. He's our helper. And so the Holy Spirit is, he is the spirit of truth also. Verse 17. Uh, This is the great thing about the Holy Spirit. He'll never lead us in the wrong direction. You know, people need leadership in our world, really, don't they? They need to have somebody stand up and say, hey, listen, this is the right way to go. You want to wreck your life? Go there. You want to save your life? Go there. You want to wreck your family? Make that decision. You want to save your family? Make this decision. Whenever God gives the Holy Spirit in our heart, He will. whenever we come to a crossroads in our life, if we listen, He will always lead us in the right direction because He is the Spirit of truth. Uh, Psalm 23 says, God leads us in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. He always leads us in the right direction. And whenever we follow the Lord, it's always a good thing. He never leads us down the wrong path. Let's look at the second reference here in verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things that I have said to you. The Helper that is going to be our teacher, we need taught, don't we? Uh, we have a verse. It's First uh, John 2.27. Let's read it together off the screen up here, okay? But you have received the Holy Spirit, and He lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you all things, and what He teaches is true. It is not a lie. So continue in what He has taught you, and continue to live in Christ. Now, The Scripture says here that we've received the Holy Spirit and He lives where? Within us. And so we don't need anyone to teach us what is true. For the Spirit to all things and what He teaches is true. Many years ago, when we were first starting out in the church, there was a wonderful family that to our church and they accepted Christ as their Savior. And began to really grow in God. And man, I was just all excited because those kind of people were few and far between back in those years. And we were excited, boy, these people are going to really pitch into the church here and help us in the ministry. 
And after a period of time, they dropped out of the church. And I, uh, I asked them, I ran into them, I said, well, where have you been? Are you sure you're not around? And they said, well, you know, we were in this little Bible study over in our neighborhood, and the church of the Bible study was showing us this verse. And uh, the teacher said uh, that the Spirit teaches us all things, and we don't need any other teacher. And so, we lost them to the church. Now, any verse you can take in the Bible in isolation and almost prove your point. This verse is not disparaging the teaching of the church because there's tons of information in the Bible about how important church is. You miss church for about four weeks, you feel like you're dead in the water. Church is important. Uh, we come together to get charged up, to get on the same page, to be excited about the Lord together. Uh, to share burdens with each other. And the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. I mean, the church is important. And the teaching that we get in church is important. But, listen, let me say this. This teaching, to me, is even more important. This is the master teacher right here, the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, it's nice to be in a Bible study. It's nice to come to church. And I have people tell me all the time, the reason why I come to this church is because I learn because you teach the Bible. Or some Sunday school class, it teaches the Bible. We're learning, we're growing by what you're talking about and what you're teaching. Uh, that's important. It really is. But this is even more significant than that because the Holy Spirit is the supreme teacher. Always remember that. This is why when sometimes people are involved in a prison ministry and they, you know, they're going out passing Bibles to the people in jail and the guy says, yeah, I want one of them. I need something in my life. And they fall in love with the Bible and they don't have a church relationship. They don't have a Bible study. They just open the Bible and the Holy Spirit teaches them and boy, they really grow. It's incredible. Uh, church is important, but you have something better than that when you go home and you crack your Bible. You can't get any better than that. And the Holy Spirit will teach you. Look, at, look what it says here. For the Spirit teaches you all things. Now, let, let me say to you that, that what that doesn't mean. That doesn't mean that you're going to become the Bible answer man. How many people have ever heard him on the radio? I know that guy's got a computer. It couldn't be possible that he could do that that fast. Before you get the sentence out, it's like he's got the answer with 16 scriptures to go with. I just know there's somebody there like that. As soon as they hear the words, and then that computer just, he reads it. Excuse me, Lord, if I'm wrong. But he's good. I think he's done a lot of good, really. But we're, we're and he's real intimidating, isn't he? You say, man, oh, Dave, look how smart this guy is. I'm so dumb compared to him. This teaching of all things here means this. It means all things that we need to know. It means all things that you need to know. You see, you don't need to know what I know. I don't need to know what you know. But there is a body of truth that you need to know. That God, the Holy Spirit, has customized just for you. Does that make sense? To me it does. Uh, you know, there are things in my ministry and my life that I need to know. You don't have to have any clue about that. And vice versa. And so when we rely upon the Holy Spirit's teaching in our life, He teaches you what you need to know. Now, if you are faithful, 
And the spiritual life is predicated on faithfulness. Years ago, I realized that I didn't have a lot of tools like a lot of people that I know to serve the Lord with. But there's one tool that God gave me. It is the gift of faithfulness. Now, I haven't always been faithful. I've just been to be. That means showing up. Showing up is 90% of success, isn't it? You've got to show up. You've got to be faithful. You've got to crack your Bible when you don't feel like it. You have to pray when you don't feel like it. You have to come to church because it's a commitment in your life. Showing up is important. And so, uh, if we show up, if we're full, we can be assured that we are ready for ministry. Because how many of us in the church have often said, this is the most in the church for not serving God, I don't know enough. How many people have ever used that excuse, I don't know enough? Would you raise your hand? If somebody says, will you teach a Sunday school class? I don't know enough. Uh, will you uh, go on visitation? I don't know enough. Will you witness to the guy at work? I don't know enough. Well, I want to go on record today to tell you that you know enough. If you are faithful, God doesn't say, listen, you've got to pass a course in order to be used by me. You just have to be faithful, that's all. Uh, and if you are faithful in the Word of God, God will use you from the knowledge that He has imparted in your heart. You don't need to know what I know. And so, faithfulness equals readiness. Let's say that together. Faithfulness equals readiness. You be faithful to the Lord. You start working through your Bible. Don't let anything stop you. And you will be, you can wake on the next morning if you've been faithful to God and be ready for God to use you on that day. Well, you know, there are scriptures in the Bible that, um, that talk about God using us without premeditation. Let me give you a couple of them. Luke 21.11 says this, For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. Uh, he's talking to disciples there and he's saying, you're going to be persecuted. And when you come together uh, to, uh, to minister, uh, I want you to do it without premeditation. Leave your notes at home. I'll give you the words. Now, there's several verses in the Bible that talk about that. Another is Luke 12, 12. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Have you ever read that? I remember years ago we went on a mission trip to Haiti. We landed in Port-au-Prince. And, uh, you know, that's a culture shock. And so we got to our hotel and our director, Dave Bovard, was telling us, now listen, we're going to go out and we're going to preach on the streets. He said, what? He said, what? Yeah, we're going to preach right out on the street. And uh, people are going to come up to you and you, you just tell them your story. And I thought to myself, you know, I wonder if Lane is still on the landing field. I like to, look, I like to go home right now. I don't know if this is up. I'm made up for this. And then uh, the plane, of course, was gone. And, and I prayed to the Lord and I said, Lord, there is a verse in the Bible that says you give me the words to say without premeditation. And that's exactly what God did. 
I didn't know what to say, but he gave me the word. Now, we can't use that verse as a crutch for not studying the Bible. You were all excited there for a minute, weren't you? You said, hey, hey. No, we can't use that verse for a crutch for not studying the Bible because there's lots of verses in the Bible that say, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that moves not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Uh, and so we need to do our best uh, in that area. But the Holy Spirit is the master teacher. And uh, He wants to teach us. And always remember this. Don't run after teachers. Don't get hooked on some person, man or woman, with some cool new teaching idea. And the reason why is because you have the best teacher in all the world, the Holy Spirit. You can't get any better than that. So don't settle for second best. Okay? Uh, he opens our understanding of the Bible. Uh, and uh, we're going to look at some more verses up here. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 14. Let's read it. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Let's stop right there. How many people have an idea of what this verse refers to? Or you, you've, you've heard it referred to a certain thing. And what is that thing? Heaven, right? Uh, that verse really fits heaven well, by the way. It really does. Because our eyes have not seen nor our ears have heard, neither has it entered into the heart of us the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. Let's go on to the next, next part of the verse. But look at this. Let's read it. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit, for the Spirit teaches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Now, it says here that God has revealed these to us, and He's talking to the Corinthian believers there. And so, in one says, listen, there's a whole world out here that you've never seen, or you've never heard, and it's, it's just tremendous, and, but God has showed it to you. He's shown it to you through the Holy Spirit. Now, none of us have been to heaven and back. This, these verses here primarily talk about the Bible. God has given you in the Bible all of these things through the Spirit, yes, even to the deep things of God. You know, in the Bible, there, there are elementary things and there are deep things. And I've said to you before that the Bible is a book for a lifetime. You'll never, ever, ever not be excited about the Bible if you read it. And you won't do anything I've read before. That's not interesting to me because this living Word of God, the Holy Spirit always applies to you. At every stage and every level of your life, there's always something there new for you in the Bible all the way to things of God. You say, boy, I wish I just knew the deep things of God. Many times people need to learn the elementary things of God. That's the way it works. You don't start out in college. You start out in kindergarten. But once you grasp the elementary things of God, then the Holy Spirit takes you into the deep things of God. And so, He opens up our understanding of the Bible. Uh, boy, this, this passage is a tremendous. 
Now let's let's look over. We have about two minutes uh, to John chapter fifteen, verse twenty-six. Here's the third verse of five. But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the truth that proceeds from the Father, He will testify of Me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with Me from the beginning. The Holy Spirit, the Helper, will testify of Jesus. That's His mission. Uh, Years ago, I used to minister on the radio. I don't listen to many at all anymore. But I did hear this fellow on the radio and he always talked about the Holy Spirit. Never talked about Jesus. And I thought to myself, this is not right. I mean, it just went on and on and on and on for months. Uh, And later, we found out that this man was actually unqualified to be a minister. Now, a helper, the Holy Spirit's ministry is to testify about Jesus. And so, when God put His Spirit in our heart, you and I, according to this verse here, are also to bear witness to Jesus. Jesus is the person that is to be on our lips. He really is. And we are to be excited about Jesus. Let me say this. If you have the Holy Spirit in your heart, it makes you excited about Jesus. And it makes you talk about Jesus. Uh, in a book uh, called The Crisis in the University, Sir Walter Moberly tells professing Christians, if one-tenth of what you believe is true, you ought to be ten times as excited as you are. And so I, I want to encourage you uh, to allow the Holy Spirit you be a witness for Christ. Allow the Holy Spirit to use you for Christ. To bring people to Christ. Now people say, well, you know, we're supposed to let the world see our life and they've come to God through us. I believe that a godly life is living proof that there is a God. But probably in your lifetime, nobody will come to you and say, listen, I see your life. Can you tell me about Jesus? The Christian life is not meant to be propagated by you only living a godly life. The Christian life is to be propagated verbally. It's to be propagated by you speaking the Word of God and and then backing up your speech by your lifestyle. And so don't rely upon living a good Christian life to bring your friends to Christ. You figure out a way to talk to them. And And when you talk to them, the Holy Spirit will talk to them through you. That's His ministry. And you might say, well, I'm afraid. You have to break the fear factor. You have to break through because faith counteracts fear. You have to step out on the water. And you say, I just know I'm going to go down. And it's amazing when you step out on the water, you don't go down because the Holy Spirit holds you up. Let's bow our heads in prayer. With our heads bowed in our eyes. Uh, The Scripture says that he that does not have the Spirit does not belong to Christ. Uh, There are reasons why people can't get it spiritually, and that's the main one. Because they don't have the teacher in their heart. They've never accepted God's gift of the Holy Spirit. And if you're here today and 
you've been trying to work spirituality out your own way and it's not working. Uh, I, we, I can understand, with, and I think you can understand as well, that the missing element is God in your heart. That's the missing element. And uh, He wants to be there. He's just waiting for you to invite Him there. To turn away from your sins and ask Him to forgive you and to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior. And if you will do that, I'll tell you what, you won't have to be begged or prodded to read the Bible or to come to church. Uh, you'll have an inner drive that says, listen, I want to find out some more good stuff about God in this Bible. I'm being taught by the Holy Spirit. And so if you're ready to make that decision this morning for Christ, I'd like to invite you to do that right there where you sit this morning. Invite Him into your heart. Turn from your sin. Turn to Christ who can forgive you. Dear Lord, we thank You for Your Word, the Bible, for what it teaches us. and We thank You for sending Your successor on earth, the Holy Spirit. We pray that as we leave the church today, we will be more aware of the Spirit's ministry in our life than ever before. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing to the Lord.
months and three weeks. Next Sunday is our deadline for the ladies to see. And um, if you're on the fence wondering if you should go or not, I encourage you to go. Um, last year we did have many uh, fun activities. We had digging in the ground for earthworms. We had women who needed their inhalers. So if you just want to be a bystander and just sit back and just laugh and have fun um, with fellowship with sick ladies, uh, I encourage you to come. Thank you. Hello, just one more. Uh, just to let you know, I'm Ruthann Slagle, and this is Brittany.